from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Things that happen along the way that are not really pleasant for the two sisters. They compete with each other, um, you know, but it's realistic. And is it a happy ending? Maybe, maybe not. You have to read to find out. Um, no spoilers on this show. But, but it's. I like something where maybe there's one or two viewpoints, maybe three viewpoints, but I know what's going on if I get interrupted. I'm Sarah Fenske. When you're on vacation, you probably don't want to read Proust or Dostoevsky. You want something where you don't need a family tree to keep track of the characters or a superhuman attention span as the author keeps returning to his beloved Madeline. You want, in short, a beach read, something where those pages keep turning and the plot keeps moving and you're enjoying every minute. It might be a twisty thriller. It might be the book equivalent of a romantic comedy. Whatever it is, it's generally not great literature, but it is fun to read. And joining us today with their selections for the best beach reads are two people who recommend books for a living and still manage to also read for fun. Jennifer Alexander is a collection development specialist for the St. Louis County Library. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. And Jen Ozork is a regional branch manager for the St. Louis Public Library who works out of the Carpenter Library. Jen, welcome. Great. Nice to be here. So, Jen, I want to start with you. What makes a book a great beach read for you? Um, something that has a fast pace, something that I can really get into with the characters. Um, for me, if I don't care about the characters, I'm not going to enjoy the book. So I like something where I can really get into it. I find the characters interesting. It has a steady pace. But also if I get interrupted, that I can come back to it and know what's going on. So I tend to, like you were saying, I tend to avoid things like George R. R. Martin, where I have to really keep track of all of the different plot lines and all the different characters. I like something where maybe there's one or two viewpoints, maybe three viewpoints, but I know what's going on if I get interrupted. So I can just pick it up and get right back into it. But I like to settle in with something and treat myself to a good hour or more of just nothing but reading. Oh, doesn't that sound so good? <laughs> Jennifer, I'm curious if your definition lines up pretty well with Jen's. Yes, there's something about it being episodic that you can, you know, drop in and drop out. Like shorter chapters are good and little vignettes. Like maybe when books change perspective from one character to another, you can say, oh, here's what this person's thinking and then you go see another. But you can put it down and pick it back up. I was intrigued when we asked our listeners for their suggestions on this. I also so asked my friends for their suggestions. And so many of these are books by female authors, often featuring female characters, which don't always get as much attention in other realms of literature. Do you think that gender plays some role in this genre? Um, it's possible, with the, especially with the switching perspectives thing. A lot of you know family dramas are like that. You hear what each person in the family is thinking, and it's often different, you know, the perspective. So it might be, yeah. Yeah, maybe there is some. It, it doesn't mean necessarily that that's the case. It seems like some, quote unquote, I hate this term, chicklet, follows under the idea of beach read, but not all. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because, you know, you had asked us to come up with a list, and, and of course, I did that. Um, you guys and I do realized, your homework. Like, look, <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, but looking down, I'm like, yeah, almost all my authors are women. And I think part of it is is that it, it does seem like women tend to write more things that are alternating perspectives that might be more family stories, maybe more family drama stories. Not always. Um, 
But there, there does seem to sometimes be that thing. And you don't really realize it until you make a list like this. And then you're like, oh, all of my psychological fiction is by women. It is now, interesting. It's just one of those things. But I was looking at stories. Yeah, I tend, you know, female characters. You don't notice it, though, until you really start looking at stuff. And then you see your own personal reading trends. And you're like, oh, I never noticed that. And you're like, it's not usually deliberate. Mm-hmm. Right. And and Jen mentioned uh, the lists that we asked both Jen and Jennifer to make. I do want to mention um, those are on our website right now. So if you're curious, if you just want to cut right to the chase and get the recommendations from these two expert readers, those are on stlpr.org. We've also got those up on our social media if you want to take a look. Um, and those will be the complete list. But we do want to talk about some highlights today. We're also interested to hear from listeners. If they have a beach read that they've particularly liked, uh, perhaps your greatest beach read of all time. If you've got one you want to share, our phone lines are open. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Jennifer, one other thing I wanted to mention when it comes to defining this genre and thinking about what fits and doesn't fit. One of the books you picked uh, was called The Most Fun We Ever Had. This Mm -hmm. is by Claire Lombardo. You mentioned here very upfront, this is 500 pages. Can a big, fat book. Yeah, you're going to get that out of the way. This is only for somebody who really wants to read a thick book. Can a beach read be a big, fat book like that? I think so. I think when when I'm thinking about vacation reading, if if you hit gold and you find a book you really like, you want it to last a while. You you're know? almost sad when you're on the, that right. final chapter. Have you ever been reading a book and you think you're getting towards the end and you start slowing down a bit because it's so good you don't want to leave it? So I think a, a family saga that goes on for a while that covers a long period, a period of time um, actually is a great thing for beach reads. And Jen, I see you nodding at that. Oh, definitely. I mean, I love how you just said, oh, do you ever find yourself kind of slowing down because you don't want it to end? Yes. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, if, if you're going somewhere or staying at home, having kind of alternating books, you know, maybe you settle in for something that's really big, and then you're like, eh, it's not keeping my attention, you switch to something shorter. But definitely engrossing story is engrossing story. The best story makes you want more after you finished it or leaves you wondering things. But I thought, Man, you put that so perfectly. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Jen, one of your picks um, is a book that I, I have read and I also loved, but it's almost the opposite of one of those big, thick books. I, I love Megan Abbott because her fiction just flies. If I get a Megan Abbott book, I have to cancel my plans for the yes. weekend because oh, I right. just I can't right. put it down, right? Oh, yeah. You're recommending You Will Know Me. Um, and I think about some Megan Abbott books. Do you think Beach Reads can have some of those unsettling endings that she's so good at? It's not a happy ending often in her work. Oh, totally. Um, I read a lot of psychological suspense, psychological thrillers, and I like them for that quality. Um, I don't always want a happy ending because it's not always realistic to me. And yeah, it's nice when things get wrapped up, but I like it when maybe there's some unsettling elements because it allows at least me as a reader to really get sucked into the story. The thing to make sure of is if you like that and that's your that's your jam is to make sure that you maybe mention to somebody else around you that that's, you know, you're really going to get into this. Because if you're getting into a Megan Abbott book, A, you don't want to be interrupted. B, you do not want somebody trying to talk to you while you're reading because that doesn't work. Because <laughs> you're like, 
doing this to the side. But you also don't want somebody um, sneaking up on you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you don't know how you, you know, might react. <laughs> right, because you might be like so into it that if somebody comes up behind you to tap you on the shoulder and offer you some iced tea or something, you're going to jump. So, um, you know, usually like if I'm if I'm really settling into a good book, I'll tell my husband like, okay, I'm really I'm really getting into this. So if it's, if it's important, let me know. But otherwise, just do I think your that's own a, thing that's for a, a really while. good disclosure. I have to say, as the mom of younger kids, that doesn't always work with certain age levels. Like, leave me alone. Maybe I'm, it'll no. buy you ten minutes. Right? Yeah. So this is, that would not be good to read like during the family reunion. No. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> this this is the kind of like oh I have time to myself and I mm-hmm. can just get you know a nice cold drink and I can just have some uninterrupted reading time. But that's the whole thing. It's uninterrupted reading time. Mm-hmm. That's the luxury no matter where you are no matter what kind of book um jennifer and i were talking about this earlier yeah housework by the way it can wait it can always <laughs> wait i think we, we want to stipulate to that well so now that i mentioned it you will know me uh, megan abbott has so many good books this one is set in the world of elite gymnastics what about this made it the one of all the megan abbott books that you picked for this list um i think part of it is because you know, there there are a lot of things that everybody thinks they know about gymnastics. You know, we see people, you know, like right now, um, happening in St. Louis, and we all here for the trials. Know, know certain people, but do we really know what it takes to be that level of competitive? And also, I think that um, sometimes women and girls can be underestimated as far as how ruthless they can be, how competitive they can be. And I like that Megan Abbott doesn't shy away from that. She's very much like. There is ruthless competition, and this is what it's like. And maybe you don't know, and I'm going to show you. And it's, it can be off-putting, but so fascinating at the same time. So, I would agree with that. And, and that book, I still think about that anytime I see gymnastics on YouTube or on TV. Because right. what you learn about what these bodies go through, it kind of put me off gymnastics a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, if you're familiar with ballet, it's very it's mm-hmm. very similar. Um, you know, the world of dance can be also, you know, kind of ruthlessly competitive, even as people really enjoy what they do. Um, but again, I like that Megan Abbott is kind of like, no, not everybody's sweet. And not all girls are nice. And some girls are just really dangerously unkind. Dangerously and unkind. That's a good think, description yeah, for I a Megan that Abbott villain. Definitely. But that's the fascination. But of course, because there's this realistic element of gymnastics, then the next time that you're watching the Olympics, you're like, mmm. Adds <laughs> <laughs> <Hands> a layer. <laughs> so that book is You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott. It's a beach read recommended by Jen Ozork, a regional branch manager for the St. Louis Public Library. We're also joined today by Jennifer Alexander. She's a collection development specialist for the St. Louis County Library. We put this question to our listeners on Facebook and Twitter. We got a lot of great suggestions. Uh, Nicole writes on Facebook, picking a favorite is too hard, but I read Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid last month. It would be a great beach read. I like anything by Jasmine Guillory for a good rom-com type book. Beach Read by Emily Henry should be added to your list based on the title alone, <laughs> although I should add that I did actually enjoy it. We also heard from Sushant who writes Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. So oh, good. That was and great. Definitely mm-hmm. a page turner. Jennifer, you'd second that recommendation? Oh yeah, that was good. And that's a good one for discussion where you put the book down and say, you aren't going to believe this. Listen to this. Yes. So that's one of those beach reads that also works as a book club yes. book. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
If you're listening to our discussion today, we do want to invite you to join us. Our phone lines are open. Let's hear about a beach read you've loved lately. Call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. We also heard from Lauren. She writes, best beach reads I've read in the last six months, The Idea of You by Robin Lee, 28 Summers by Elin Hildebrand, and Party of Two by Jasmine Guillory. Seems like there's a lot of love for Jasmine Guillory. I hope I'm not mispronouncing her name. Um, Jennifer, are are you a fan of hers? Yeah, I um, I don't. I don't read a whole lot of romance, but I read one of hers and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I don't like these books. Apparently I do. And uh, <laughs> and then everyone I talked to about it is like, oh, she's the best. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we mentioned the, this book, Beach Read, by Emily Henry. I think about the classic beach read sometimes even involves a beach or it involves a beach house. And Jennifer, that's one of your picks on this list, a book I loved so much, Maine. Oh, yeah. Tell um, us about Maine by J. Courtney Sullivan. Yeah. So this is an older pick. It's uh, 2011. And I really love this book because um, it's actually set on the beach. It has to do with a beach house that was in a fa- it has been in a family for 60 years. It was one in a bet. And three generations of women come to the beach house to have vacation. And, of course, they're all keeping secrets from one another. And there's, you know, conflict in the family. And J. Courtney Sullivan just has a great way of showing us how people have different foibles and flaws, but she's not unkind to her characters. Mm-hmm. And so you see these things, but she's not being harsh or judgmental. It's it's a great book. She's such a such a good writer. And I will say, I got to brag here, she was on this show last year, and she is just as lovely um, to deal with behind the scenes as you would imagine based on her writing. Awesome. She's just a great person. I got to yeah. recommend all her books. I love me some J. Courtney Sullivan. <laughs> Jen, let's get into your list. You talk about, you have a couple of picks on here that have to do with baking. Uh, one of them is <laughs> Rosaline Palmer Takes the Cake. This is by Alexis J. Hall. What is this one about? Um, yeah, I I thought that this one was a lot of fun. Um, it's a brand new book, um, and it kind of, it takes, it takes a show like The Great British Baking Show, very, very similar, and we have the main character, and she is um, a single mother, and she hasn't really been doing a whole lot with her life and she gets on this show and one of the other contestants seems like he's really suave and he's kind of sweeping her off her feet but there's another contestant who catches her attention and maybe they're friends but maybe they could be more than friends and I will admit I do like the baking element um I I like to bake and I'm a huge fan of that show um I love the friendly competition of it and this book really captures that but what I also liked was that your main character she's bisexual and so there's a lot of discussion of her relationships with people and how um that has been something in her life, and I really liked that. It was unexpected, mm-hmm. and she's a really interesting, fun character. She's relatable, and yeah, the baking. The baking is pretty realistic. There's some fun things with that. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a light romance, um, but there's some interesting things to think about in the book, and for mm-hmm. me, I don't read a lot of romance, so it has to be something where I like the characters, but there are some believable elements in the story and the characters are not way too good to be true so 
I liked that. So that is Rosaline Palmer Takes the Cake. That, again, is by Alexis J. Hall. And you can check out both Jen Ozork's complete list and Jennifer Alexander's complete list on our website. Jen, I got to ask, you had another book on here (laughs) that had to do with people who are are cooking. I shouldn't say baking. In this case, they're cooking. And there's kind of a reality TV plot line in this one, too. Um, Chicken Sisters. So the the Chicken Sisters by K.J. Delantonia, um, this one is really interesting. If you like those family drama stories, um, if you like sister stories, it is two families that operate these rival chicken shacks in Kansas. And one of the sisters has married somebody in the in the rival family. And so it's created this huge rift. And the other sister has moved away and she has this business as a professional organizer, but she gets it in her head. Well, we're going to have this competition. And of course, you know, there are there are a lot of things that happen along the way that are not really pleasant for the two sisters. They compete with each other, um, you know, but it's realistic. And is it a happy ending? Maybe, maybe not. You have to read to find out. Um, no spoilers on this show. But, but it's a very, like, small-town element, um, kind of that interesting back and forth, a lot of humor in it, um, but definitely, like, family situations. It's, it's always fun to read about other people's families. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. you're like, oh yeah, and my sister's totally like that. Surprise hit! I thought like I didn't yes. purchase too many copies for the library at first, but then everyone loved it so much that we yeah. ended up buying more and more. You know, interesting. The word of mouth may to, have been yeah to it. satisfy demand. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I think it you know it's a lot of fun to read it and then talk about it with somebody else, mm-hmm. and it maybe it makes you make. Your, it, it might make you crave fried chicken, but it also maybe makes you think of your own sister or a cousin or somebody else in your family that you kind of hate them, but you also love them. So, <laughs> so that's the Chicken Sisters. That's by KJ Delantonia. Um, a couple picks there from Jen Ozark. Um, Jennifer, you had some really interesting picks on this. You did recommend Beach Read, mm-hmm. the sort of classically titled <laughs> Beach Read there, as, as also one of our listeners recommended. You also had something that was very unusual for a Beach Read, from my perspective, one that was set in space. This is called Project oh, Hail right. Mary. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. Okay, so Andy Weir, uh, his debut novel, The Martian, was a huge surprise hit. It was originally self-published and then word of mouth, and he it just became a huge hit and eventually a big movie. And um, this is actually his third book, and it's, it's kind of recreates that same feel where someone is uh, relying on his wits and intelligence to figure out a puzzle. And it's basically someone waking up on a a spaceship and alone, not knowing who he is or what he's supposed to be doing. And what he has to do is save Earth. Oh, just that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that is Project Hail Mary. That's by Andy Weir. I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, John is calling from Highland. Um, John, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi there, how are you? Thanks for joining us. What's your pick for a beach read? Oh, it's excellent, and I have to read it every, reread it every summer. It's called A Day at the Beach by a couple named the Blanchards. I can't remember their first names. I, I'm told this but... is Melinda and Robert Blanchard. Our producers were kind enough to Google that's... that for me. Um, what about a trip to the beach has you coming back reading this summer after summer? Well, it's uh, first of all, each chapter has a recipe. These are two people who had high-caliber jobs in New York City and got sick of the rat race. And uh, through circumstances, they ended up op- reopening a dilapidated restaurant in Antigua in the Caribbean. 
And it's their story of their journey of going through all the hassles and all the paperwork and all the Caribbean time warp. And they opened this uh, four-star restaurant that was quite successful. And, and, and John, uh, I'm sorry, is this fiction yeah. or is this a true story? True. This is true, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's a, that's a great recommendation. And hey, the fact that John keeps reading it over and over, that's that's very strong there. That's A Trip to the Beach by Melinda and Robert Blanchard. Um, thank you for recommending that, um, John. We also heard from a number of listeners on social media who um, they've expanded the definition of beach read to get into nonfiction, which to me was, was somewhat eye-opening. I think of a beach read as, as a fictional book. But um, Allison said that when she's, when she's on the beach, she likes to read comedic biographies that make me laugh out out loud at the pool uh, so that people stare. She recommends recent <laughs> books by Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Jenny Lawson, uh, Luvi Ajaye, uh, Phoebe Robinson, Jim Gaffigan. Valerie adds, I loved Martin Shorts and the one Steve Martin did about becoming a stand-up. Amy says, I'm currently reading Brat, an 80s story. This is by the uh, author Andrew oh, McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. She says it's very fun if you're a child of the 80s and loved all those movies. Jen, do you feel like nonfiction can count if it's the oh. right sort of light nonfiction? Oh, no, I'll even get into heavy nonfiction. On the um, beach. Sure, on the beach. Um, because really, to me, beach equals some uninterrupted leisure time. And so if there's a nonfiction book that I really want to read, like I go to Eric Larson's books all the time. I have read and reread so many of those. Um, you know, I don't think that I would say, oh, Midnight in Chernobyl is a good beach <laughs> read because it's so incredibly unsettling. But if you're reading a biography, you know, totally. Jenny Lawson, I will say, um, her books make me laugh so hard. I cannot read them in bed before I go to sleep because you'll get I, too awake. I get, I get too yeah. worked up. But also, I can't listen to her audiobooks in the car because I laugh so hard that people, like, if I'm stuck in traffic, people start looking over at me. <laughs> So Jenny Lawson is like the perfect on a beach because especially I, I love how the listener or whoever submitted it was like so that people look, you know, look over at me. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, will, right. they will do that. That is a great that's a great beach read right there. There's something else I wanted to mention. This came in from one of our listeners. This is Ted Iber, um, who's involved with St. Louis University and what they do over there with their St. Louis Literary Award. He mentions that Zadie Smith's 2020 book Grand Union. It's a collection of fiction and creative nonfiction stories. He says it makes a great beach read. He says Grand Union is also the St. Louis University campus read book this year and notes that all Zadie Smith book talks are open to the campus and the general public. So if you want to get a jump on getting to meet this acclaimed author, she's so wonderful. He notes we celebrate an in-person visit from Ms. Smith this November 4th and 5th. That's for the 2021 St. Louis Literary Award. So that is Grand Union by Zadie Smith. Highly recommended right there. And unfortunately, we are out of time here today. That time just flew. This is what happens when we have two great guests talking about books they love. But we do want to refer people um, that these lists, complete lists, we only covered about a third of them today on the air. But Jennifer Alexander and Jen Ozork both put together some really nice lists of beach reads. You can find those on our website, stlpr.org. You may want to print that out, take that to the library, get some reads for your vacation. Uh, Jennifer Alexander, Collection Development Specialist for the St. Louis County Library. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Today. Oh, you're welcome. It was fun. And Jen Ozork, a regional branch manager for the St. Louis Public Library, works at the Carpenter Branch. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, this is wonderful. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.
find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air, suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.